cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, he's just a little bit different. He likes grape juice instead of apple juice. Welcome, Jacob. Why, thank you. We're all a little odd. I would think so. Yeah. Let me do. Let me do our our co-host, a man who. Wait, did you just curse me? Cuss. Cuss me. I cussed you. You cuss. You you really cussed me. You, you stupid son of a cuss. <laughs> Cussing under. I've been told worse. <laughs> I've been told a lot worse. How are you doing, Jacob? I am tired. Let's say that. <laughs> it's I been bet a lot. You are. It's it's been a long day. I had a shift a uh, schedule shift uh that I didn't know I knew about. I didn't know what I was doing until that Monday and I was like, "Oh, okay. That's going to be interesting." Something I've I've done in spurts, but never done as a full shift. Whew, that's that was it's uh, it's it's not really worth getting on getting into right right now, but I'm a little exhausted. But I'm here. Let's do it. I imagine you've had a long day. It's been a long two days. I feel like it should yeah. be on Monday, but either way, hey, it, it'll all be better tomorrow. Exactly, because the church will have fried chicken. Amen to that. From Chick Fil A. Anyway, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jacob, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, I wa- rewatched uh, Promare. Good choice. Yes. Uh, I think I got, because I was watching, there was a advertisement for, um, what is that company? Does the, uh, the Disney plus? No, not Disney plus. They did do that star Wars visions thing, which I'm assuming is in the news. Uh, yes, it is actually. Okay. Um, but either way, be like, yeah, I saw a preview for uh, Promare. It's coming to theaters. Oh, Fathom Events. Fathom Events. Thank you. Now that I'm following your logic. Yes, I'm trying to work on that. Um, oh, it had nothing to do with whether you communicated or not. I just was. I just did not think of, oh, Fathom Events. You mean when it's going to the theater? Yes. Okay, I follow that part. Yes. Uh, so watch that. I watched a little bit of, uh, I bought the movie Ninja Scrolls uh, several months back. And it said to be like, you know what? I just want some noise in the background. I can it's, understand that. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched, uh, Captain America, the winter soldier, which is, I I absolutely love that film to death. Just be like, not just because, Oh, it's a comic book movie, but rather it's more the cinematic, the cinematic, the, 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 the elements in which is used. It's, it goes back to like almost like a detective story. And it's just, it's got all these great elements. Kind of a seventies, eighties era spy movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's why I love it. It's it's such a unique departure from be like, oh, let's just blow things up and beat people up. Well, they I mean, they he, still he they still that do too. that. They still do that in the film, but it's got so much of more of that gravitas of uh, you know, a spy movie, which is fantastic. So yeah, that is all that I have been watching. All right. Unless I'm missing something. Not that I know of. Okay. Cause we didn't watch anything together this week. No, we didn't. 
But even though we didn't watch anything together, I did watch the last week's episodes of What If, mm-hmm. which was, I think I can, do you might care if I tell no. you what it was? go ahead. It was What If T'Challa Was a Star-Lord. Hmm. It's very good episode. I'm not going to spoil it for you or anyone else in the chat. Okay. But if you like MCU and you followed it and you kind of know who a lot of these characters are, go give it a watch. I mean, it is the last, uh, it's not the last time Chadwick Boseman appears in it because they said there's like three other episodes where he, the character of T'Challa shows up that he recorded lines for. Good. But uh, it is his, his, my understanding is his last major uh, one because this is, because he was, of course, the focus of this episode. Okay. And it was very good. Also watched uh, episode two of uh, season, uh, season Dex? Lower Dex season two. Yes. Um, and uh, that was uh, enjoyable. It was called, that episode was, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Oh, Kashan, his, something. It, Kashan, his arms wide or something to that effect. Mm. Based, well, it's, I'll explain more when we release that episode yeah. of the animated series. Anyway, yes. and I'm, I think I've got part of the episode title wrong, mm. but that's beside the point. Um, also, I finally beat the DLC for uh, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. So I am now ready when we get to November for the, uh, ne- the, the expansion that will end the current storyline yes end walker okay and since i had been keeping myself from watching the trailer in case it spoiled me mm. till i finally you know finished the msq i went and watched the trailer for it and uh oh my goodness that was good uh <laughs> so yeah i enjoyed that um other than that oh i i also watched uh, Isle of Dogs. Really? Okay. Yeah. After I f- finished Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm kind of like, I want to see the other, you know, major animated thing that Wes Anderson did. Yeah. So I threw that in. It's like, oh yeah, this is enjoyable. I'm liking this. Where did you watch it? I watched it on Disney Plus. Oh, excellent. So uh, Isle of Dogs is probably going to go on the list next year. I'm just okay. go and give you that heads up. All right. Other than that, I think that's it. So uh, what do we got in the news? All right. We got quite a bit of news. All right. So coming to Netflix uh, uh, to the end of the year, 2021, uh, Sean the Sheep Flight Before Christmas is a half hour special that will be released to Netflix on December 3rd, 2021. This seasonal special will air. I'll see Sean. I think you pronounced that right. Sean facing a drop in Christmas excitement after they put the big shocker uh, stocking that the, for the flock leads to his cousin, Timmy disappearing. Uh, so that'll be out on Netflix, December 2nd or December 3rd. Uh, a movie is coming out, uh, December and December, uh, back to the outback. Uh, it's anime. It's a animated musical adventure movie that will be released in December, December of this year. Uh, the movie follows a group of animals that include a koala snake that had to, that are ready to escape their reptile house they, that they currently live in. Trying to, uh, tired of being viewed by humans, they set out to return to the Australian outback. Uh, for you, um, 
I'm going to mention this here because it is a movie coming out. Uh, My Little Pony New Generation is a computer animated movie that will usher in the fifth incarnation of the popular franchise starting uh, September 24th, 2021. Uh, It's being produced by Bowler Media. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently... Uh, either way, be like, yeah, that's coming out if you have any interest. I assume in... all Sparks since it's Hasbro and... I'd presume so. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Maybe DHX Media since they produced the last show. That's probably correct. Or whatever they're under, whatever the na- their name is under now. But anyway. Exactly. All right. Uh, Paramount Spin Masters summer movie, Paw Patrol the movie. I know that everybody's excited to go see this movie. Apparently is at the second spot in the U.S. box office this weekend. Uh, let's see. Uh, it is uh, currently made $13 million in 3,184... Uh, 3, nah. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> well, you've had a very tiring day. Yes. Uh, theater stateside... Um, it has uh, brought uh, 48, 42 million subscribers to Paramount Plus, uh, the movie. And as of currently, it has uh, reached $21.5 million outside of the United States. Uh, going to releases, uh, Robotech, the space opera anime epic of humans defeating Defending their home world against alien domination is set to return a new generation of audience as Funimation Funimation um, premieres all 85 episodes hmm. of the series remastered along with the two movies on streaming service, United States, Canada, UK, Austria, um, Austria, uh, Australia, no, Ireland. Ireland, that's the next one, Australia, New Zealand, starting hmm. on August 25th. Uh, Funimation also will also exclusively debut Robotech, the collector's edition box set on September 18th on funimationshop.com. If you want to pick that up, um, containing all 85 episodes of the series, all remastered, uh, for the first time on Blu-ray in digital, uh, Dolby digital, the re- the remastering will be faithful to the, uh, the last box set release, um, retaining its classic film grain. Ah, cool. All right. So, so they're unmastering it. Awesome. They're what? Unmastering it instead uh, of remastering it. Yeah. Cause my understanding is the, uh, special edition version of that that came out was not well liked by the fans. Mm. Or at least not well liked by one of the fans that we go to his house every week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of re-releases, uh, and we reviewed this film already. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, this movie will be being re-released on 4K Ultra HD this fall, hmm. uh, in 2021. Uh, available in HDR picture quality that will uh, see the stars. Uh, it's also available. Um, uh, that'll be available December 7th. The re-release will also be available as an ultimate collector's edition with the limited edition still box with, uh, being available exclusively from Best Buy. Okay. All right. This one I was excited about. And then I went to the site and I was, I was not disappointed, but I was kind of, I was disappointed, but I was not, 
Things it, didn't work out as much as you'd like. I, I wasn't shocked by it. I was more like, oh, okay, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, animation producer distributor G Kids will re, uh, will issue a critical, the critically acclaimed Neon Genesis Evangelion as an expansive limited run Ultimate Edition. Uh, the set will include the 26, 26 original TV TV episodes, uh, as well as the two films, Evangelion Death true which is like basically it's a clip show um and evangelion uh making the first time end of evangelion yeah in the end of evangelion right uh for the first time uh neon genesis evangelion will be available on blu-ray in north america Mm uh sadly this is already this is already gonna stock but that figures yeah but it's currently now granted this is a huge pack this is a huge pack yeah so if you're interested in getting a hold of it too late. Uh, no, you can actually go to the UK site and actually order it from there. But would that be uh, in our uh, Blu-ray region? I think so. Because UK usually isn't. That is true. So never mind. Maybe we're, get... we're in the same region as Japan, that not is, UK. That is true. Because well, NTSC and PAL and all that nonsense. Right. And I bet you you still don't get the uh, original dub and probably... They no, t- you do. You do get the original dubs. You get the original dubs, okay, the, the new dubs, and... They the actually original... play Fly Me to the Moon during the end credits? I, I don't know. Because the Netflix dub didn't, still didn't, I don't think. Yeah. So, either way, forthcoming editions are coming soon. Uh, so, if you are interested in that, go to gkids.com slash Evangelium. All right. So, and I'm almost done with the news. Are you uh, dude? Netflix and Mattel Television today, today a couple of days ago. Revealed the first look at a fresh chapter of the saga of Eternia with the new trailer and images drop of He Man and the Masters Universe. Um, he Man, exactly. <laughs> um, she no, she was not there. No, she's not. That, that's the. But I, I did one, so I had to do the other. That's a throwback <laughs> to our He Man and She Ra. Yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, uh, they they bring a new uh, new fresh take on the world of Eternia. Uh, design wise and for days today's kids today's uh kids audience kid audience uh which celebrates the evergreen uh evergreen core truth of masters and universe we all have the power to become the best versions of ourselves he-man the masters universe premieres globally on netflix starting september 16th okay. that is all i have in the news that was a all lot of news righty that brings us to our spoiler free review of uh, the movie Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, I'll start. Go for this it. was my first viewing of the movie. Yep. I hadn't seen it before. I'd seen trailers for it, and I remember thinking this looks interesting. Yeah. But there was something, I think, when I was seeing the commercials and the trailers for it, I felt off. Okay. So I didn't really jump into it at the time. And so, yeah, I had not gotten a chance to watch it to, again till well... Two, two or three days ago. Okay. So, um, I actually enjoyed it. It's different. Yes. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Um, I have a few little caveats, but for the most part, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was well done, and I think you should go watch it. Agreed. There's not really much more I can say without really getting into the meat and potatoes of it, other than this, you can definitely tell this comes from the, uh, it's based on the sto- a story cre- written originally written by Roald Dahl, the same guy who did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Agreed. 
you can definitely tell mm-hmm. <laughs> some of that thought process in there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts, this is my first viewing of the film. I actually, I have the physical copy because I'm that kind of guy. Uh, I really enjoyed it. First time watching it was like, whoa, okay, this is different. And definitely learning that, oh, it's the same writer who did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He's like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. The the strange is, a lot. He does explain a lot. It doesn't explain everything, but it explains no, a lot. There's, there's a little more of the... I'm the, s- the, odd, uh, the oddness of it. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, it's clean. It's clean. It's clean. Uh, every, every time they would say a, a cuss word was said, they would just say cuss. Cuss. Yeah. Just cuss. Cuss, 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 cuss. Are you cussing me? Are you cussing me? You stupid son of a cuss. Get off his cuss. <laughs> Wash your mouth out, you cuss. <laughs> I don't have anything. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> either way, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's got a lot of it's again it's it's awkward. It's it's not awkward. It's 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 an enjoyable film. Yeah, and it's I like a it. little bit of weirdness. But it's we'll a get little to bit that. of weirdness. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. So in that case, join us on the other side of the bumpers, and we will get to spoiling this thing. Let's do it. Don't forget that you can download. Download? Don't forget that you can't. Don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And on our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every for, for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. This podcast is part of the Culture Box Media Network. For more great content like this, please check out the link in the description. There you can find other great shows such as The Untold Podcast which is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. You can check out their podcast at untoldpodcast.com. Also, we are a part of Pop Americana, where you can enjoy other shows like Franchise Fatigue. Do you like movies? Of course you do. I bet you even like big movie franchises like Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Indiana Jones. And obviously, since you listen to us, you must like listening to movie reviews. But when... But what if I were to tell you there is a podcast that reviews film series one movie at a time? You like that? Well, then go check out the Franchise Fatigue podcast over on your favorite podcast catcher. And listen to James and Gabe give an in-depth analysis and review on every movie in your favorite franchise. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Fantastic Mr. Fox. Listener discretion is advised. But anyway, Fantastic Mr. Fox was written and directed by Wes Anderson, who also directed and wrote uh, Isle of Dogs. It was also written by uh, Noah Baumbach, who also wrote Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. 
And it is based on the book by Roald Dahl, who also wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And he wrote the screenplay for the movie You Only Live Twice. Okay. That's one of the original Sean Connery, James Bond movies. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to watch it again and watch for the Roald Dahlisms. <laughs> anyway, getting into the cast. Uh, we got George Clooney playing Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was known for playing Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep plays Mrs. Fox. And uh, in the movie The Devil Wears Prada, she mm-hmm. played the devil, also known as Miranda Priestly. That's a pretty good movie. Jason Schwartzman played Ash, and he was Gideon Graves in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray plays Badger, and he is known for playing Dr. Peter Vinkman in Ghostbusters. Wallace Woldarski played Kylie, and uh, she apparently played a cheery writer in The French Dispatch. Okay. All right, sorry, that's a he. Mm. Kylie makes me think it's a girl's name, but it's, it's the uh, the badger thing guy that's following Mr. Fox around throughout most of his initial thefts. The oh, okay. of the movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the one who had who kept spacing yes. out and have mm-hmm. the weird things in his eyes. Yeah. Anyway, that guy, I got him confused. Uh, anyway, Eric Chase Anderson played Christofferson, and in the movie Moonrise Kingdom, he played Secretary McIntyre. Michael Gambon played Franklin Bean, and uh, you probably know him best as playing Professor Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter after uh, the original guy Ah, the third one, yes. The third one? Yeah, the third one. I didn't realize there were three of them. In the third movie. That's oh, yeah, third movie. To. Third movie that's from Fern. I was thinking, there's, there were three Dumbledores? No. How did I miss that? <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Willem Dafoe played uh, Rat. And, of course, uh, he played Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin in Spider-Man. And he might be in the new Spider-Man movie. Might be, if you've seen that trailer. Yes. We'll have to wait and see. Yes. Uh, Owen Wilson played Coach Skip. (laughs) Skip. And in uh, the recent Disney Plus television series Loki, he played Mobius M. Mobius. Hmm. Jarvis Cocker played Petey. And he played the band lead singer in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Really? Yep. Uh, Wes Anderson had a cameo as Weasel. And he also did additional voices and sing. Really? Which we'll need to do that one soon. Hmm. Uh, Karen Duffy played uh, Linda Otter. And in the tele... You remember the Disney Channel original series uh, Pepper Ann? From like when we were Fagley. in junior high, high school? Fagley, yeah. Well, uh, she played the character of Sketch in that. Okay. But I think that's coming to Disney Plus this month. Yeah. I think I, I saw. I, I read something like that. Um, not that that really matters because I didn't watch the show. Uh, Robin Robin Hurlstone played Walter Boggus. And in the Grand Budapest Hotel, he played Air Schneider. Hmm. Hugo Guinness played Nathan Bunce, narr- the narrator in Observatory Blues. Helen McCrory played Mrs. Bean. And she played Narcissa Malfoy in Harry Potter. Oh, Okay. Roman Coppola was the squirrel contractor and he played a Senate guard in an uncredited role in star Wars, the Phantom Menace. Really? Mm hmm. Garth Jennings played Bean's son and uh, he played Frankie mouse in the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Okay. Brian Cox was the action 12 reporter. Okay. 
And he played the part of William Stryker in X2 X-Men United. Really? Okay. That's the guy in the chair, not hmm. the uh, not oh, the okay. guy yeah, running yeah, the that's organization. Right. That's right, Junior. Had to be specific. Yes, thank and, you. And uh, James Hamilton played Mole. And uh, he was the festival photographer in The Secret, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Okay. There was only one very loose Kingdom Hearts connection. Okay. I was able to come up with. And that was George Bruns. Okay. Who wrote The Ballad of Davy Crockett. Which okay. Which you can hear in the beginning of the movie. That's true. He also wrote Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. For the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, okay. which you can hear in Kingdom Hearts 3. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and that is the closest I can get. Wow. Interesting. Which is not something I expected for a modern Disney movie, or not mod- a modern animated film. Usually yeah. there's at least somebody, at least yeah. in, the, in the additional cast, usually, but not this time. Hmm. Uh, anyway, that brings me to the end of the cast and crew list. What do we got in info and stuff? All right, info and stuff. Uh, you're able to if you are a subscriber to Disney Plus, uh, it is available there. So go check it out if you want to. Um, IMDb had, has a score of seven point nine out of ten. It was product production wise. It was done by 20th Century Fox Animation, also now known as 20th Century Studios. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the animation arm still exists or not. Uh, it was folded into uh, Walt Disney, in, into one of the Disney animation studios along with Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was closed when Blue Sky was closed. But I could be wrong on that note. Right. All right. So they did something like they did much without Blue Sky. Very true. All right. So uh, also was produced by Indian Paintbrush, uh, Regional Entertainment. American Empirical Pictures. Uh, it was distributed by, obviously, century, uh, 20th Century Fox, which is now 20th Century Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was re- originally released in you know, October 14th, 2009, at the London Film Festival. Uh, it was released stateside on November 13th, 2009. Box office had an estimated budget of $40 million. Its opening weekend for the United States and Canada was, yikes, $225.9,000 on November 15th. Uh, its world, its U.S. gross was 20, uh, $21 million and a lot of change. Its worldwide gross was $46.7 million. It didn't do well. <laughs> Yeah, this kind of explains why when they, they made Isle of Dogs, it went to the Fox Searchlight brand instead of uh, the main one. That makes sense. All right, so home release. 20th Century Fox Home Home Entertainment released on DVD and Blu-ray on March 23rd, 2010 for the Criterion Collection. Yeah, it is on the Criterion Collection. Really? Yeah. It's like, like number 800. Really? Well, that makes sense. It's just a very unique film. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, released Only 200 away from that Godzilla collection on my shelf. Ah, uh-huh. so released, uh, released the film on Blu-ray and DVD, uh, February 18th, 2014 on streaming. Fan- Fantastic Mr. Fox was added to Disney plus 
in the United States and Canada, uh, May 22nd, 2020, is yet to be released in the UK and uh, Australia versions of the format. Hmm. So, yeah, it's weird. very widely available. Minus if you don't live in Canada or um, Australia or the UK. Right. Either way, that's all I've got for info and stuff. All right. Jumping into the summary. While raiding Burke's squab farm, Mr. Fox triggers a fox trap, caging himself along with his wife, Felicity. Did they ever say her name? Yeah, Felicity. Oh, that's right. I remember seeing it on a painting, too. Mm -hmm. Felicity. Okay, sorry. Felicity reveals to her husband that she is pregnant. She's positively glowing. Literally. Literally. And pleads with him to find a safer job if they escape, and he agrees. Two human years, or 12 fox years later, the foxes and their son Ash are living in a hole. Mr. Fox, now a newspaper columnist, moves the family into a better home inside a tree, ignoring the warnings of his lawyer about how dangerous the area is for foxes due to the proximity to facilities run by the three feared farmers Bogus, a chicken farmer, mm-hmm. Bunce, a duck and goose farmer, and Bean, a turkey and apple farmer. Soon after the foxes move in, Felicity's nephew, Christofferson Silverfox, comes to live with them. Ash finds the situation intolerable. His cousin is superior to him at almost everything, and everyone is charmed by Christofferson. Longing for his days as a thief, Mr. Fox and his friend Kylie, an opossum, steal produce and poultry from all three farms for three straight nights. Angered, the farmers decide to kill Mr. Fox. They camp out near his home, and when Mr. Fox emerges, they open fire but only manage to shoot off his tail. After demolishing the site of the tree while attempting to dig Mr. Fox out, they discover the foxes have dug an escape tunnel. As the foxes will have to surface for food and water, the farmers wait at the tunnel mouth. Underground, Felicity is upset that Mr. Fox returned to his thieving ways. The group later encounters Badger and many other local animal residents whose homes have also been destroyed by the farmers. As the animals begin fearing starvation, Mr. Fox leads them on a digging expedition to tunnel to the three farms, robbing them. While the other animals feast, Ash and Christofferson begin to reconcile after Christofferson defends Ash from a bully. The cousins return to Bean's farm, intending to reclaim the missing tail, but Christofferson gets captured. Discovering that Mr. Fox has stolen their produce, the farmers and the fire chief flood the animals' tunnel network and some of Bean's cider, trapping the animals in the sewers. Realizing that the farmers plan to use Christofferson to lure them into an ambush, Mr. Fox heads to the surface to surrender, but returns when Rat, Bean's security guard, confronts the animals and attacks Ash and Felicity. A fight between Mr. Fox and Rat results in the latter being pushed into a generator, electrocuting him. Before dying, Rat reveals Christofferson's location. Mr. Fox asks the farmers for a meeting in town near the sewer hub where he would surrender in exchange for Christofferson's freedom. The farmers prepare an ambush, but the animals anticipating it launch a counterattack that allows Mr. Fox, Ash, and Kylie to enter Bean's farm undetected. Ash frees Christofferson and braves enemy fire to release a rabid beagle to, es- to keep the farmers at bay, allowing the group to escape. The animals soon settle into their new homes in the sewers, inviting any other animals to join them. Soon after, Fox raids a grocery store belonging to Bogus Bunsen Bean, where Felicity reveals she's pregnant again and the animals dance in the aisles. Getting into the trivia for this one. 
Writer, producer, and director Wes Anderson chose to have the actors and actresses record their dialogue outside of a studio and on location to increase the naturalness. Mm -hmm. We went out into a forest, went in an attic, went in a stable, we went underground for some things. There was a great spontaneity in the recordings because of that. I didn't catch... I guess that was Wes Anderson who said that because it doesn't really say it on the trivia. But anyway, uh, the color scheme of this movie is primarily autumnal, mm-hmm. being yellows, oranges, and browns, yes. with virtually no green or blue. However, Christofferson's blue-colored wardrobe was intentional, as it emphasized his being a visiting outsider. Roald Dahl's Fantastic Mr. Fox was the first book writer, producer, and director Wes Anderson owned. His mother, Texas Ann Burroughs, bought it for him at the St. Francis Book Fair in Austin, Texas, where he was about when he was about seven years old. Anderson has kept the same copy on his bookshelf ever since. Wow. CGI was only used in one scene, the flooding of the Flint mine. That makes sense. The original story was written at a dark time in Roald Dahl's life. He had already lost one of his five children to measles and witnessed another one suffer from water on the brain as a result of a car accident. Mm. It was only natural that he would be spurred on to write a tale portraying the father as a protector of the family. When Mr. Fox and Kylie are in Fox's study going over the plans for the first heist, Fox is sitting in a large armchair with a board on the armrests that he is using as a table for his microphone. This is exactly how Roald Dahl used to write his stories based on old photographs. Mm -hmm. Altogether, 535 puppets were made for this movie. Mr. Fox had 17 different styles alone, and each of Mr. Fox's styles had to be done in six different sizes. He has 102 puppets alone. During one of the outdoor dialogue recording sessions, a best take was almost ruined by the sound of a nearby boat. Open to the randomness, writer, producer, and director Wes Anderson modified the scene in this movie to include an airplane flying through the shot. Anderson said, I think it was better with the airplane than without. A flaw in the recording gave us a new idea. The movie was shot digitally using a Nikon D3, which offers a significantly higher resolution than even that of full high definition. It was also shot at a frame rate of 12 frames per second rather than the more fluid 24, so that viewers would notice the medium of stop motion itself. Excellent. The look of this movie was inspired by Great Missenden, a village in Buckinghamshire, England, where Roald Dahl lived and worked. The tree where the Fox family lives is based on a prominent beech tree on Dahl's property, and Mr. Fox's, Mr. Fox's study recreates in minute detail the interior of the famous garden hut in which Dahl did most of his writing. Mm-hmm. Ash's ear twitching was based on a gesture most foxes do to show aggression and or displeasure. Wes Anderson wanted to use real animal hair for all of the animal puppets, even though it meant that the hair would appear to ripple unnaturally in this movie due to the puppeteers handling the models between frames. Mm -hmm. The rippling was apparently intentional, much like King Kong's. It was inspired by King Kong. I'm sure it was. Throughout the movie, the word cuss is used (laughs) in place of actual cussing. When asked about its... uh, origin in a radio interview on fresh air with terry gross wes anderson said i don't even remember 
I think it was just to use the concept of profanity as a replacement for profanity itself. It turned out to be very versatile. In keeping with the theme, one of the buildings seen in the movie bears cuss written as spray painted graffiti. I'm going to have to go back and find that. That's funny. Uh, for the movie, uh, sorry, for the moving water, writer, producer, and director Wes Anderson used saran wrap and for the smoke, cotton balls. In the original book, humans and animals never directly interacted with one another, so it was never clear if they could understand each other. Here, they clearly can when Mr. Fox asks Franklin Bean if he bought if he brought the boy, Bean replies, and clearly understands him. The train that can be seen passing in the background sometimes is the same one in Ash's room. Its scale was changed using the film technique of forced perspective. Hmm, makes sense. When Ash is talking to Agnes at the Whack Bat Field, oh there is a plane in the background announcing the grand opening of Bogus Bunsen Bean Supermarket, uh, in which we later see them towards the end of the movie. Foreshadowing. 20th Century Fox did actually consider making Mr. Fox the company mascot. Really? But decided not to because of how the idea was too similar to a joke once made on The Simpsons. Okay. That would have made me do it faster. Agreed. <laughs> if it were me. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to skip the long this long one. Um, when Rat is approaching Ash with the bag, he is moving his hands from side to side while snapping his fingers. This is, of course, a reference to West Side Story when the gang members approach the camera during the Jet song. Mm-hmm. Still need to watch that film. I when, own it now. Yeah. When reciting the Latin names for each animal, Mr. Fox says he doesn't know the one for opossum. Mm -hmm. It is Didelphus virginiana, in case you were curious. Interesting. Development began in 2004 at Revolution Studios between Wes Anderson and animation director Henry Selleck, who had worked with Anderson on The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Uh, and also directed another stop-motion animated film based on Roald Dahl's work, James and the Giant Peach. Mm -hmm. When Revolution folded, Selleck left the project to direct Coraline and was replaced by Mark Gustafson. Mm -hmm. At one point in this movie, Mrs. Fox tells Ash that he has 29 minutes to come up with a proper apology. You know, when Christopherson goes to meditate for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. In terms of the movie's runtime, his apology occurs approximately 39 minutes later. <laughs> so he was late. A little bit. Which brings me to the end of the trivia. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start with, I think, the low-hanging fruit. Perhaps the low-hanging apple in this instance. Mm. I love the beautiful stop-motion photography in this Agreed. film. Agreed. And when I say photography, I don't mean film photography this is literally taken with a still camera yeah and you can definitely tell because there is a lot more detail in some of these shots than you normally get agreed um there are a couple of little hiccups that i'll get to later but for the most part the film is beautiful in the way it's shot mm -hmm. uh the stop motion is breathtaking the hair does not move around as much as that trivia bit said it did it's more, it is very natural in how it moves around. It's yeah. not like it is in the original King Kong where yeah. it's like there must be a high wind going, blowing through King Kong's fur. But, um, 
that's not the case here. But I, I just enjoyed how good the animation looked. And yes, it is 12 frames per second. I'll get more on my feelings on that because I have mixed feelings on mm. that artistic choice. Okay. But for what it is, it's actually, I think it's done very well. Hmm. So uh, what's your first like? My first like, you actually stole it right underneath. I kind of had. You stole it right underneath my tree. Uh, I, that's, I assumed that we were going to think the same way. So that's why I introduced it first. We yes. We both talk about it. Yes. Uh, I just said like this, the stop motion gold of this film is just, it's breathtaking. Like the, the methods and ways they do like fire, fire is simply just like plastic with a light underneath it. And they just turn it just a little bit. There catches the reflections. You have cotton balls of smoke and like the fact to be like, they only use like, like you said, one CG shot. Yeah. Everything else is traditional puppetry. Mm-hmm. And just like stop, stop motion, stop motion work, and it's just amazing. Um, the I don't know, be like this is a, a beautiful. It's a beautiful film that uh, again, stop motion is a, a pseudo dying art. It's it's yeah. it's it's not a it's not a it's not used that often in uh, the industry now. But every time, like every time I've seen a stop motion film for this uh, podcast is every time it's just like mind blowing. Like, what? it's incredible. And yeah, just the uh, stop motion animation is just breathtaking in this film. Mm-hmm. All righty. Jumping into my second one. I like the complexingly simple story. Okay. Because while this is a very basic, simple story, yeah, there's a lot of complexity in in everyone's and uh, everyone's motives and everything. There's a lot that's going on if you're paying attention, but at the same yep. time, you do have this very simple story. Because I mean, it really, really is just Mr. Fox wanting to feel young again. Yeah, is doing one last series of thief runs. Mm-hmm. Which is what gets everyone into trouble, and it causes them everyone to have to dig down, and they eventually get thrown into the sewers, and then it's just a revenge story. Yeah, not really a revenge story. It's a literally, it's a okay. We got to go save Christopherson, mm-hmm. essentially by being thieves. Pretty much, he, they steal him out from under um, those guys' noses. Yes, you get right down to it. But while it's that simple. There's a lot of complexity in how it's set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, every character's got motivation. You, every character feels uh, alive, mm-hmm. even if one of these characters seems like he's only halfway there, ninety percent <laughs> of the time. I'm talking about the opossum. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you can definitely tell there's been there's good world building done mm-hmm. with this. Agreed. More than just probably even what Roald Dahl came up with. Uh, it's just done very well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's on the surface. It appears like it's a simple story, but it's just got a lot of complexity underneath. So yeah, the complexitively simple story. Okay. I totally agree. It's I mean, like, it's a fantastic story. No pun intended. Uh, that is just, 
again, like you said, very simple, straightforward, but it's just, it's, it's a, uh, it's a gas. It's just a fun little story that is so well done, very tight. And going into my number two is the world building. Mm-hmm. It's world building. It'd be like you have, if based on the original writer, the original writer stuff compounded on uh, Wes Anderson's creativity and imagination that you have this very flushed out world of animals that are civil, you know, quote, unquote, civilized, civilized animals yes. that are, but they are wild animals. They are wild animals. Like they say before, like, like they, they say quite often in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll use that as an analogy later on. Um, but like you're, you're, you have a, like, you have you have a banking systems. You have like a game which makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, you it's like essentially baseball. Yeah, essentially baseball. With only one base. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it's yeah, just kind of weird. I'll, I'll get to my dislikes, but um, it's just the world building. It's just incredible. This movie. It's like you get like the like the the family systems, the the uh, the human world. The, the companies themselves or what they do, what they make, uh, it's just like so intricate and it's so amazing. And I just, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it tremendously in that regard. Uh, so yeah, mine is the, the vast world building of fantastic Mr. Box. Alrighty. Uh, my last one, the dry comedy that it is. Oh, so there are so many good, funny jokes. Throughout this, but it's all kind of you've got to be paying attention. Yes. Uh, one of my favorites is when uh, Mrs. Fox comes into the room and says, "If what I think is happening <laughs> is happening, it better not, not be." Which is, <laughs> I agree. I, I love how that one hits, and then there's the other person says, "I'm not afraid of these guys," is what Mr. Fox says, mm. and then they start. She says, "You know, maybe I should be afraid." <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Something to that effect. I mean, it's even down to the fact that, oh, yeah, they are going, the supermarket they're going to break into at the end of it is still owned by the three farmers. Yes. So it's like, yeah, this is just cyclical at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way the humor comes off, mm-hmm. especially even down with the word cuss mm-hmm. used for all the profanity. Yes. Is so stinking funny Agreed. to me. And, uh, even even stuff like uh, when Ash and Christ- and uh, Christopherson are talking, and Ash says, uh, "You know, I could have." It's with the bully. He says, "I can fight my own fights," and Christopherson says, "No, you can't." <laughs> it's like, on one hand, you're right. On the other hand, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, I just I I oh, oh and then there's. When uh, he and Christopherson are going to go and try and steal uh, the tailback, the tailback. Yeah. And he says, OK, put your bandit mask on. And Christopherson puts the bandit mask That's on. Right. He says, yeah, I, I don't have one. So I made I made this one up out of an old sock. Like a tube sock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Ash, <laughs> you should have just gone and got one. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but then he has one at the very end. And it's got it's covered in gold stars. It makes sense for the character. It, it made sense, but the same, I was like, where did you 
find that? Where did you find that in this time? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so yeah, the dry comedy is my third like. What is yours? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the interesting family dynamic of the foxes. Okay. You have Foxy, who's Mr. Fox. Uh, uh, Felicity, who are just... Like, it, it's not this be, like, perfect family, 1950s idea of, like, over everything's perfect mm-hmm. and all this great stuff. It'd be, like, like the idea of the, uh, like, WandaVision did, yeah. but kind of just twisted it on oh, its I mean, yeah, you could see her hanging a uh, sign in, in, her, in her kitchen that says, live, laugh, and love. Yes. Except you don't want to cross her because... No. <laughs> I mean, she does paint landscape scenery with thunderstorms. Yes. Has to have a thunderstorm. Even when she paints the map. Yeah, there's got to be a lightning bolt. There's lightning bolts. Because you you see up there just painting the little things. What are you doing? And they get desks. Okay, here's where we are. Draw here, here. It's like, you're drawing all over her painting. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yes. We're trying to get this done. (laughs) We got to save Christofferson. Yes, it's the idea that uh, Ash is the very awkward, very weird kid. That uh, doesn't. And I'm sure neither one of us have any no uh, knowledge. No, of being. no, of course not. That's something I still struggle with myself. Would be like, why am I so odd? <laughs> but uh, so either way, like Ash of just trying to live up to his father's expectation, which he kind of does have an expectation for his son, but it mm-hmm. doesn't really express it. Uh, and then you have Christopherson comes in and kind of just wrecks Ash's little world, thinks yeah. he's the coolest. He, I mean, like, Ash is the very, the definition of a weird kid. Yeah. And then he has the cousin who comes in. He's a silver fox. The, uh, yeah. He's a silver fox. And uh, and everybody loves him. Everybody loves Christopherson. He even knows karate. He even knows karate. I mean, like he meditates and just like all kinds. Of, he's 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 the definition of a cool kid. And these characters clash. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such an interesting. I'm going to use the word a lot dynamic in this movie, this this uh, review. Uh, and then uh, going back to the parents with a uh, Foxy and uh, Felicity, there it's very much like a like a te- like a very tensioned relationship. There's mm-hmm. even one point like during. Like they they both get busted in the the uh, the first heist, winds up she's pregnant, and uh, Foxy you know be like oh no no I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna become a writer and I'm gonna do something that's more profound for our family. And I don't remember how old Ash is in this film. Two years. Two years. So twelve years. Two human years. So he's twelve. Yeah. So and so. Foxy has stayed clean for two years or 12 bucks years. And it's just his desire to, you know, steal something be like, I'm an animal. What do you expect me to do? Yeah. And, uh, so be like, he goes, he goes behind his wife's back. And even to a point later on when everything is gone to, you know, a, um, a cuss in a handbasket. Yeah. At one point, Felicity says, be like, like when they get through a conversation, be like, I really wish I had never married you. Mm-hmm. This is like that point where it's like, she's gotten frustrated. She's still behind him, but it's almost like you've broken the trust we've yeah. had because you, you can't, you can't give up your, 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 your wild ways of just, you know, stealing. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the idea that Foxy can't control himself. He can't control himself. Be like, I'm just going to do this one more job. I'm just one more job. And that's it. 
and then it just winds up wrecking you, everything. Like Pringles, you can't do just one. one exactly. I actually bought a box of pr- box Pringles today, but either way, <laughs> that's beside the point. That is beside the point. Uh, but yeah, it's just the the interesting character dynamics between that, and then you have all the other characters, and uh, the humans are just like, yeah, you're definitely business tycoons who are you know looking to make as much profit as they can, and they got this slight little fox is ruining everything for them, and they go way overboard with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like we're gonna kill this fox no matter what. <laughs> it's like okay, so you're gonna dug, you're gonna dig to the center of the earth to get this fox. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Anyway, so yeah, mine is definitely the dynamic of the family. All right, and that brings us into our dislikes for this movie. Yes, and I'm going to once again hit what I think is the low hanging apple on this tree. Why on earth is everybody staring at the camera throughout this movie? <laughs> Agreed. Wow. I don't understand that. And this this has to be a Wes Anderson thing. Yeah. Because the same thing happens in Isle of Dogs. Okay. And I assume, having not seen any other Wes Anderson films, I'm assuming this happens in a lot of his other stuff. Maybe this is just how he likes to, 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 put, yeah. to put people on screen. But there are so many times I'm looking and going, why are you looking at me? Yeah. Why that. on earth are you staring at me? I didn't. I didn't steal your 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 apple cider. Mm-hmm. I like apple <laughs> cider. Well, non-alcoholic apple cider, but still, uh, I I didn't steal it. I didn't steal your chickens. I at least bathe because <laughs> one of those guys apparently doesn't bathe. I don't remember which one. Ooh. It wasn't shown in the show. It was Ugh. in the book, right? But uh, anyway, uh. I, and, and of course, you got all the foxes, the fo- that the, that shot with the opossum when his eyes are dazed, staring at the screen just made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, just just a little bit. And I don't understand the choice. Mm. And it's one thing when they're you know back away from the screen a little ways because yeah. you can see okay maybe the the person they're talking to is like over here mm-hmm. or over here on one side or the other and you just happen to be you know at that right angle yeah but there's a couple shots where they are zoomed right smack mm-hmm. on this thing on these guys' snouts yeah and you're looking going how did that look on a theater screen because <laughs> that's this almost doesn't work on my TV. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand it. I don't know what it's the, the point of that is. I think you could have, he could have blocked the scene better and still keep it in his, keep it stylistic enough. That, yeah. But for the most part, it's like, uh, this is a weird thing and I don't understand it. And I suspect this must just be part of, Wes Anderson's style. Yeah. And so maybe most people don't question at this point and I'm weird for doing so. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't understand why everyone's staring at me, staring through at the camera. Yeah. the That, that basically incorporate, um, corporate, incorporate. incorporates, uh, basically incorporates the, like the very beginning of the movie where it's like Foxy gets up and uh, he's just stretching around and then, Boom, right there. Yeah. Like right in his face. And then Felicity shows up and it's boom, right there. 
and, and it's it would, just me like you're talking back and forth, back and forth. Right. You this enormous head head space. And it would be one thing if uh, this was like every once in a while thing. Yeah. So if for emphasis, but this is every scene, almost every scene. Yeah. Yes. Like like the. Uh, it, it's they they want you to get like up close and personal with the the uh, the character, and it's like yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. And I mean, kudos for being having enough faith in these uh, stop motion figures mm-hmm. and the detail of them, because you're asking a lot of uh, suspension of disbelief when you get that close if you do not have that character like spot on, mm-hmm. especially as. Uh, wiry as the hair on the foxes look for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it works for the style. It's just that could have not have worked out as well as it did. Agreed. Is all I'm trying to get at. So yeah, that's, that's why I don't understand it. All right. All right. My f- number one is it's more of a Nick pick than anything. Mm-hmm. It's too long. <laughs> it's, it's to me, it's like the, the, the tension, not the tension of the movie, but rather the the depth in which the um, factory owners go to get Mister Fox. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, I, it's, I, it's I, crazy. I, it's crazy, absolutely nuts. But I think it's just, it, those scenes drag on way too long. I understand. I understand you want to show the insanity of it, mm-hmm. but I think some of those scenes are a little too dragged out a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you there. In fact, that's kind of as part of my number two dislike okay. in that the script needed to be tightened up a little bit. Okay. You probably could have done this movie in about an hour and a half if you'd have tightened the screen up a l- the, the screen time up a little bit and still have time for the, you know, uh, all the little gags and such. Yeah. It's just we stay... There's a couple of times where it feels like we stay on shots too long. Uh, some of the times, moments of the of the script don't seem to, or or in the editing of the film, it seems like it's leaving in a lot of stuff that's not necessary, yeah, or does not add anything to the scene. I'm not saying you've got to you know just cut down and leave all the atmosphere out, mm-hmm. but there's just so many times where it's like, eh. You could have tightened this up a little bit, and it may have made a better film. Agreed. So yeah, I wish they'd have tightened the movie up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe not from two, because I think the film's what two hours. Yeah, it's roughly two hours. Yeah, and I maybe not to an hour and a half, but maybe an hour and fifty minutes, maybe hour forty-five. Yeah. yeah, just enough to where it's like everything's moving along at a good clip, but you still get those moments to breathe and to process. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Completely agree. All right, so that was your number. That was my number two dislike. Number two dislike. What is your number two dislike? Uh, whack back makes no sense. <laughs> I understand it's, it's a, not supposed I, to make sense. I I know that. I know that. But it's like for me, like a logic base. It's like okay, so the batter hits the, the flaming uh, pine cone. Yeah, and he has to. Run, jump, knock over. He has to knock over the uh, the uh, the hurdle with the fly the the flaming pine cone. Pine cone. Thank you. Jump over that, then run back, and everybody else is just running around until the until the ref says 
something. I thought they were trying to get the pine cone and it kept no. getting knocked out. I don't know. The rules of that game do not make no, sense. No, exactly. That's what well, And I, mean. I was just kind of I, I kind of just set that aside. It's like, okay, yeah, this is a thing. This is a thing they do. And I'm sure him being able to hit a pine a flaming pine cone with a bat is going to come back up again. And it did. It did. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is just a thing. I didn't think about it too hard. Mm-hmm. It apparently bothered you a lot more than it bothered me. <laughs> I, I, it's intellectually, it bothered me. It's just like this makes no me like from a sporting event. It's like okay, I get you hit the object, and you have to run to a base and run to a base, yeah, run back to a base. But like all your other characters are doing nothing. All they're doing, they're running around until like the. The ref or the coach says something. I can't remember what he says, but it's just like that makes no sense. So minus well, is more the reason the ref said that was because like okay, yeah, he already crossed home plate or whatever the equivalent was. So yeah, you can quit trying to get do whatever you're trying to do. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, just be like just the 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 bizarre logic and rules of this uh, bat whack 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 bat whack bat. I knew I was going to say it wrong. Whack that was just bizarre and woo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I think curse. I think it's that, that, uh, that, that is, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's that order. Not. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. It's one or the other. <laughs> Either way. It's, it's, it's interesting. Either it's, way. So yeah, that's his trademark. That is true. Uh, All right, so that's my number two. Okay, my number three is like, as much as I appreciate that the, using 12 frames per second for the animation mm-hmm. is a stylistic choice. Agreed. And for the most part, it works throughout the film. I wish it had been 24 frames per second because some of that movement was so stiff that it distracted me the whole time even with stop motion animation i still yeah. want to my i still want my brain to be tricked in that it is moving yes because you look at stuff like say uh kubo and the two strings yes that i mean you have if there are spots in that movie that if i didn't know better i yeah. would think they were cg yeah this one, I know there was, there was only that one CG thing because everyone was moving so stiffly a computer wouldn't animate it like that. <laughs> because there is no smoothness to the animation. Now, granted, like I said, it's a stylistic choice. It's just barely at that point where you get where, you're, where it tricks your brain into thinking that it's uh, a moving object and yeah. not, you know, a series of still photographs. Yeah. Which is actually what it is, but... True. Um... I just wish it was a little smoother, a little, because it kind of, some of the animation did kind of feel rough, especially with how they did most of the animation through this film. Because this is not, you know, fully changing every single aspect of the puppet as Mm -hmm. it's being moved. This is very much a zoom in and have the mouth move for a couple minutes. Uh zoom in really big on a face so that they can talk and zoom in really big on another face so they can talk mm-hmm. or 
have a scene where a guy is playing guitar, but you can definitely tell he's not even changing chords <laughs> while he's singing a very bad song, Petey. I, it's a very bad song. <laughs> but, oh, it's just, like I said, I understand it's stylistic, and mm-hmm. for the most part, it is fine. Uh, I, it's just there was a point in there, there was never a point when watching this movie that I had to stop and tell myself this is stop motion animation. I knew it the whole time. <laughs> and it's a weird thing to complain about, I know, but it's right. like there is that feeling where it's 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 one of those things where consciously you know it is such and such. Yeah. But subconsciously it feels natural. Okay. None of the animation in the film felt natural. And okay. I think it's because of the combination of 12 frames per second and the stiff anime, the stiff animation of the characters. Yeah. If you'd have done 24 frames per second, you would have, that would have actually loosened it up a little. Cause then the, everything would be moving smoother. Yeah. But also, but that would have worked better with the fact that you're only moving certain parts of the puppet at certain times. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my thoughts. I recognize okay. that that's a that's more of a nitpick. I agree than anything else. I can, but I, I just wish it wasn't so stiff. Agreed. Uh, I do understand why they went. What is it? It's twelve frames per second. Yeah, twelve frames per second. Yeah, I it felt like all the all the foxes were taxidermied. Agreed. Completely <laughs> agree with that. Uh, I understand more like a stylistic choice, and also do 24, 24 frames a second. That would have taken probably taken another two years. Great. I understand that. <laughs> But like, they were already taking some shortcuts because they were not. It wasn't like watching like Wallace and Gromit mm-hmm. or um, Coraline, for that yeah. matter. Coraline has some stiff animation in it, but it's done at that twenty-four frames per second and is beautiful. This just feels a little rougher. Agreed. Maybe not twenty-four frames per second. Yeah. Just pump it up a little. I got gotcha. you. Pump it up a little. <laughs> Maybe have a variable frame per second. I've seen that happen in work. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't know. All right. So my third third and final dislike of this film. And granted, it's more of a... It's jumping into a theological idea. We need, uh, we, I, I like bringing these up every once in a while. Yes. Uh, so there I mean, is... one an episode, it works for me. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So... Regarding, there's a quote in which Mr. Fox or Foxy always says, I'm an animal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, naturally, he is an animal. He's a fox. Yes. And so the idea that like he, the idea that he, he's a thief, he's a natural thief. So why not just give in to your natural ideas, your natural tendencies, right? Yeah. Well, the idea of a, if we were not restrained by God's grace, mm-hmm. the fact would be like you read in Romans that no man is good. No, not one. Yeah. And that if we were, if we were, uh, if we were to get, if God was literally just, okay, have fun and do whatever you want. It's like, it would never be a good thing because, because the idea that God's God's sovereignty over our lives, definitely. If you are Christ Jesus, you have this, um, be like this fully aware that how much sin corrupts and destroys lives. Mm-hmm. And you see people that are just going off the wall and be like, hold on, stop. And be like, you know what you're doing is wrong. And it's like, I don't care. It's fun. It's, it's 
It's it's the way I am. It's like, but you know that's wrong. Yeah. Be like, do, do, you, do you naturally want to be a thief? Do you naturally want to hurt people? And I'm, I'm grateful in the way that, you know, God kind of restrains us in, a, you know, in a certain, in a certain, uh, certain regard that we don't just fall head over heels into our sins mm-hmm. and just be able, we have no repentance towards anything because it's just, it's because when he, when he says that over and over again, now grand, he's an animal. So what he does is more natural. Right. But here's the thing. He's all the, all the animals in this film are sentient. Yes. So they're Sinch, aware of it. Sentient animals, anthropomorphic sentient animals. Yes. I always have to take as if they were human Agreed. characters. Agreed. They just happen to have, you know, fur and feathers yeah. and such. So they should technically be more human than yeah. animal and be more thinking. And Agreed. I mean, even at the very end, he's yeah, they're wild animals, but he's think he, he's had character growth where he's actually thinking more of we've got to protect this family yeah. more than I've got to feel young again. Yeah, feel young again and get give into that that desire to do you know to do uh, go steal something. Yeah, and the like another a little aspect of this third like is like the foxy is the dislike. yeah dislike that's what I'm going to say dislike that Foxy is he's the, the root problem of this entire movie, even though he is a great character. Do not get me wrong. I love Foxy to death. He's a cool mm-hmm. character, but his, his, uh, his desire to go and do, you know, the Fox thing, go steal something, uh, leads to, to everybody's world yeah. coming apart and everybody's problems becoming, uh, compounded due to his, his uh, innate sinful desire to go steal something. They're digging the house out. They're going to kill the children. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Oh, sorry. No, it's like, they're going to kill the children over my dead body. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, when, when he said that, I was like, okay, that's a really good parallel of the, the idea of sin is that if you know, that God, Kind of, he holds us back from doing those things that sometimes we really want to do. Yeah, and it's just like it's like okay, I'm doing this for the best for the best for you. I'm not doing it to ruin your fun because exactly. I know what's best. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, God's grace is a good thing, and I think Foxy just went and be like, "Aha, I'm an animal. I'm gonna do it." Pretty much, and, and ruins everybody's life because of it. Yeah. Now, granted. Does his life get better at the end of the movie? Kind of. In a way, but in he's a way. still being a thief. He's still being a thief. And uh, he's he's almost, he's justifying it all the time of saying, yeah. be like, and oh, now, I'm an animal. And now he's got his entire family being thieves. Yeah, exactly. And every other animal in the forest being thieves. Yeah, exactly. So is that really better? Not really, because be like, before he was li- he was living underground, mm-hmm. and his desire to be like I've got to make he, myself a, a his, ele- elevate my station in yeah. life. His sinning is what's causing everybody else to sin. Exactly, that's worse. Agreed. That's Agreed. worse than when it was just him sinning. Yeah, because exactly. now it's affecting everybody else. Agreed. And now they are following in with him, mm-hmm. making him a false shepherd in a way. 
Agreed. Which is funny because he's a fox. Yeah, that's true. They like anyway. Sheeps. <laughs> all right. Is that all you've got? Yep. All right. Well, then let's jump into our rating for this movie. I'm actually giving it a seven and a half. Wow. Okay. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I laughed all the way through it. I want to kind of watch it again. <laughs> um, most of my dislikes, they were nitpicks if you want to get right down to it. Uh, except for I still don't understand staring at the camera. But uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the film. It's it's kind of a, it's a, it's a good film. I kind of wish I'd seen it earlier. Uh, so yeah, seven and a half. All right, uh, I'll give it a little. I'll give it a bump up. Um, I'll give it an eight. You know, like it's it's minus all of its little flaws here and there. Uh, like you said, some of the animations is stiff, but I think artistically that's very well done. Mm-hmm. Minus the be like, oh, here's your your face shot right here. Yeah, <laughs> and talking to every character. <laughs> but overall, I love the story, the characters. The uh the insanity of it all. It's just it's a fun little movie, so I'm giving it an eight. Okay. And that brings us to the end of this episode. So yes. we need to tell you what our next movie is going to be. Once I bring it up. Mm-hmm. And that is gonna be The Emperor's New Groove. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, didn't we watch this recently? About a month ago. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Unintentionally, but it was like, but he did say, "Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the Emperor's New Groove." I think we need to watch it tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, we we'll be watching this to review the movie. If yes. We watch it before this. Yes. Uh, but it is one of my favorite movies from the uh, from this era of Disney, and it was actually what got me back into watching Disney. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's why I give this one because everyone in when I was in high school, everybody loved this movie. Hmm. I first saw Emperor's New Groove, and I'll tell more about this next time. Yeah. On a drama. Uh, okay, so, you know, I was in the Thespian Society. Yeah. I was in one act play. Yeah. And we went to, we were alternate to state one year. Yeah. The night we went down there, we we all crammed in one person's room and watched the movie. Wow. From beginning to end. Mm. On a DVD player, we hooked up to the, t- to the television. <laughs> and I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know what it was. And I'm watching, okay, this is hilarious. Oh, okay. So yeah, Emperor's New Groove. Excellent. We'll be doing that next week. So join us then for that. In the meantime, unless you got something else to add. Uh, no. (laughs) Alrighty. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page, where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, 
Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.